I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Five Times Podcast. To see a legend near you, check out the events page on our website, fivetimes.co.uk. Hello and a big welcome to the Five Times Podcast this week. Don't forget, if you're searching for a Christmas present for the Liverpool fan in your life, check out the website for ideas at www.fivetimes.co.uk. There's loads of signed merchandise on there from the likes of Jabby Alonso, Robbie Fowler, Bruce Grobbler. I'm sure there's something that will take your fancy. Still plenty of time. Time, of course, to check out our legends in our live shows in the lead up to Christmas. Robbie Fowler, Gary McAllister and Vladimir Smicer. They're in Portsmouth and London early next month. And Jamie Carragher's off to Norwich too. So check out the website for all the details and prices on those events. Guests this week, then we've got Dominic Matteo with us. You may or may not remember, he had a brief spell at Sunderland. And of course, Leeds United as well. He talks about those two up-and-coming fixtures. Gary McAllister's with us. He joins us as a little chat about... Reflecting on the result at Southampton at the weekend and of course ex-Leeds United as well as we build up to that quarter-final game against them next week. Dean Saunders comes on, I'm sure you'll enjoy having a little listen to him, plenty of good stories from his one season at Liverpool, of course won the FA Cup with the Reds in 1992. Okay, all that to come. Let's get started. To hear previous podcasts, check out and rate our page on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Right, let's start on the on the show with the Five Times Podcast with one of our best ever signings. No greater value for money than a guy who signed as a 35-year-old for free, of course, and became a fantastic role model and player for all of us to learn from. And he won the treble in his first season, of course, scoring some memorable goals along the way. A big warm welcome to Gary McAllister. Gary Mack. Mills, how are you doing? Yes, good. Great to have you on. Just a quick one at the weekend down at Southampton. It was a nil-nil draw, but it's interesting listening to Jurgen Klopp. He said that he had to lift the players because they were a little bit disappointed in the changing rooms afterwards. No, I, th- I think they would be, Neil, because, you know, the, it wasn't one or two chances, wasn't it? And there were good chances, weren't it? You know, there was... There was I would say there's three, four good chances, three, four half chances. And, you know, with the ability of the guys that we've got in that forward line, you fancy to take one of them. And I think that's where the disappointment would lie, just the fact that it wasn't one or two misses, it was a few and there were good chances. I think a huge positive has to be the fact we've been scoring so many goals. We had good chances, didn't take them against Southampton at the weekend, but that's 13 games now unbeaten and real momentum building, isn't it? No, absolutely. You know, um been speaking quite a lot about Liverpool recently a couple of things I've been doing and, and even people who have got nothing you know no affiliation or no association with Liverpool they're sort of holding their hands up and saying Liverpool are, are playing the most attractive football it's the performance level as well you know scoring freely but I just they're good to watch you know you can't get away from the fact that they're, they're entertaining it was interesting. I don't know if you've seen the comments from Jurgen Klopp in the last day or so. A strong warning to his players. He said, "Anyone who looks like they're celebrating in November won't be playing in December." No, and I think that you know that that's coming for the words of a a guy who's is a proven winner. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of times you hear managers saying that they're winners and stuff, but he's won. You know, he's won. He's proven in the Bundesliga. He's won things. He knows what it takes. You know, that's the thing. You know, and come this big heavy schedule going into going into Christmas time. You know, over the new year. He knows it's going to be very vital, and it's it's a long way away. You know, it's nice to be where we are at the moment, but 
it's, it's, the cliches have got to start coming out each game as it comes. Yeah, you mentioned about the the, the program that's going to take place with fixtures coming up yeah. towards Christmas and New Year time. Yeah. We have a strong squad at the moment, but what's interesting? I don't know if you've seen this stat or not, but Jurgen Klopp hasn't named the same team in consecutive games for forty games. I was quite surprised when yeah. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's, there's been. There's been, well, I've seen the, I've seen the stats there, you know, and the, the, you know, we've called other managers the tinker men, but the, the thing is, that's it's modern day football, Neil. I think I just think that players have got to accept that they're part of a squad, you know, and the, and the manager's going to use, you know, gone are the days that the same eleven can play the entire season, you know. So you've got to rotate and you've got to, especially in the the, the offensive roles in the team you know when you're just looking for that little bit of sharpness and he might need to change things now and again Gary you came signed for Liverpool when you were an experienced player just wondering that January transfer market if there is going to be any activity and if there's place for perhaps a little bit of experience just to help the lads in what is a real strong position at the moment in the league table well the thing is I think I think like all the big clubs like all the, you know the top four five six even seven clubs in the country if that player does become available if there's an experienced player there that, that, that can come in and help, you know, a youngish squad. You know, I look at Tottenham as well. They, they look like a team that is very young and entertaining, but maybe lacking a wee bit of experience, an old campaigner. But are they around? You know, if, if there's one comes available, I'm sure there's four or five teams looking for that guy that can just bring something else to the party. I have to ask you about one of your good friends, Stephen Gerrard, very close with him. One of our greatest ever players, of course, but he's back from America now. It's yep. rumoured yeah. that he turned down that MK Don's managerial job. What do you think's next for someone like Stevie? Well, I know, you know, speaking to Stephen, I think, he, you know, he's, he's, he's very interested and he's, he's very enthusiastic about the whole coaching side of the game. I think, I think the tactical side and, and things that he's, you know, the systems that he's played in over the years with both club and country, I think it excites him. I think he's interested in it, and 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 that's with um, without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's going to go down the line of being a coach and going into and into football manager, where, where others might just go down the TV and the punditry route. I can see Stevie. Stevie's, he's. I think he's very keen on going down the the road of of working with somebody experienced, or or maybe even just jumping in at a lower level and and taking on a. A project. Well, it'll be interesting to see where he comes. Last one, Gary, while we have you on. It's Leeds next week in the League Cup quarter-final at Anfield. Of course, huge game. How important is the League Cup for Liverpool this season? Well, I think like, Liverpool for me is about winning winning trophies and winning silverware. You know, and, and I'm sure the manager always seems to pick a strong side and he will do against Leeds United. I think we've seen where Leeds are at the moment. You know, They were, they were well beaten at the weekend by Newcastle. I thought Newcastle were better in, in all areas of the pitch. So there's, there's, there is still quite a big hike from you know from championship you know from sixth or seventh in the championship to to the top end of the Premier League so you know I fancy Liverpool but you know when you win something for a club you know it's you, be, you have that special bond with the with the fans and winning a league at Leeds United is it was very very special and I still have that link at, at the club I still live, live over here in Yorkshire but I work for Liverpool and that's where the facts lie you know I I want I want to travel at Liverpool and I work for Liverpool so as much as it's a tough one, I'm just siding up beside Liverpool because it's who I work for. <laughs> Good to hear, Gary, and thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. Coming soon to a city near you. 
the Liverpool legends. For more information and ticket prices, check out our websites, fivetimes.co.uk. Delighted to welcome an ex-Red, of course, but also someone who had a brief loan spell with our opponents on Saturday and a longer spell, of course, with our opponents on Tuesday in the League Cup quarter-final. Yes, you've guessed it. Don Matteo is joining us on the Five Times podcast. Welcome, Don. How are you doing, mate? All right. You all right? Little cheeky loan spell. We'll talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> so I didn't know about that, but what did you make of the, of the point at Southampton at the weekend? Um, obviously, Southampton are a club going the right right direction. You know, every year we, we seem to think they might have a dip because they're losing players, but you know they still keep producing players and they've got a decent squad again. And another manager who looks to be taking them in the right in the right direction. And um, overall, I think we probably should have won the game. We all know that, um, but at least we didn't lose it. We looked very solid at the back. You know, I think that's one area that we all thought. You know, watching Liverpool over the last couple of years that we needed to improve on was the organisation. And, the, and at the back and you know we got the clean sheet and at least we didn't come away with nothing Well you mentioned there about defensively I, I thought that Matty was absolutely outstanding he really caught the eye how impressed were you with him? Yeah I mean uh, I've been a big fan of him ever since I've seen him playing his, you know, the first game pre-season at Tranmere um, I just think he's got better he's improved you know he's saying the right things listening to what he said over the last couple of days about you know he feels for the, he's got a good feeling for the club you know he's at Schalke for 16 years and now he's got the you know that chapter's over and his next chapter's Liverpool. And I just like the way he's very smooth and, you know, when he gets on the ball, he's a defender. He can defend, but, you know, them long legs, he can sometimes get round the front of strikers and nick balls. And, and when he gets on the ball, what I, what I love, and I think all Liverpool defenders, you know, in my opinion, should be able to get the ball and play out from the back. That was the way everyone was brought up and, you know, the great teams were built upon teams playing out from the back. And I think it really helps, especially in the modern game with the goalkeepers wanting to play out so much that, you know, got someone like him who's, who's really comfy on the ball. You mentioned all the all those things. He looks classy, comfortable on the ball, but his pace yeah. as well. You know, I'm looking yeah, at the right. weekend think, against um, Southampton. He's, he's a bit deceiving because yeah. he's because he is a bit long legged and stuff and uh, long levers as they call him. But he's he, you know he gets around that pitch and yeah he, he has got pace and maybe that's one thing that we have struggled a little bit when teams have when we come up against teams. I've got a little bit of pace that um, you know Matip has got that and also I think he reads the game very well and also with Lover and I think them two read the situation, read the danger pretty well in that you know, hopefully form a really good partnership. We mentioned about players when we signed them for, for big transfer fees. We signed them on a free transfer, but quite often when we sign players into the Premier League, we say how difficult it is to settle into life in the Premier League. Whereas Matty, 16 years, you said at Schalke, that was his boyhood club, being there from a very young boy. He's come into the Premier League and he's settled very, very quickly. So you have to give him huge credit, don't you, for that? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think his temperament, from from day one has been absolutely brilliant and he's he's really adapted very quickly and I think he's worked it out as well I think when you come to the Premier League especially from a foreign league or any league probably you have to work out you know what works for you and how your game is going to go and I think with Matip he, he plays to his strengths a lot I think we haven't seen the best of him yet which, which is obviously a great thing for the club I think he will get better but the signs are really really good for, for, for Liverpool and for Joe Matip because I think he wants to improve under Jurgen Klopp, you know, he's he's a player that will develop him. I'm definitely sure of that. And he looks like he's loving his football, just like the rest of the players at the club. Dom, there's been comparisons made very early on, of course, to Alan Hansen. He was asked a question about Alan Hansen. He didn't even know who he was. He should know that, shouldn't he? Well, we, we, you know, I think when you come through the ranks at Liverpool or you, you get signed, I mean, you know, there's been comparisons to a lot of people over the years with Alan Hansen. You know, I remember when I first broke into the team and, 
people people were saying to me, or papers are writing little bits and pieces because you're trying to play that way that you've always watched and try to listen. There was only one Arn Anderson. He was a class act and he was the best in my opinion. Um, but if you can take little pieces out of out of his game and you can put them into your game, I certainly tried to do that when I played centre half, especially at Liverpool. Um, and sometimes made a few mistakes doing that because you're trying to play out that perfect kind of brand of football. But I think in the modern day, you know, you have to be comfortable in the ball. And you probably have to be you have to be quick, like we mentioned already. And I think I think with Matip, the one thing he, he seems to have, if you look at an all round player, he seems to have it all. I mean, people say, you know, I mean, centre halves aren't as big physically as what they maybe used to do because they don't really have to tackle like they used to. You know, there's not that physicality up against centre forwards as there was. And I think now, Matip for me seems to be a modern day centre half. He has a physique, the height, you know, he can head it. He seems to have it his all round game. So I think if he keeps working on things, you know. The comparisons with people like Zavala and, and, and other greats at the club will, will obviously come with that. Yeah, he's, he, he has certainly settled in and been outstanding, Matip. But his partner as well, Lovren, was was excellent as well against Southampton. Southampton didn't register a shot on target, which is quite surprising because at home they usually score a goal, to be fair. But we limited them to very little. Yes, it was a good team effort, but how important is that centre-half partnership, do you, th- do you think, between Matip and Lovren? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think for me personally, and I think you know a lot of other people looking in at the football club, as good as anyone else in the league, we've got that much talent going forward, and I think it's been addressed over the last couple of years that possibly if we could, we could be a bit tighter and stop conceding them kind of um, or gifting goals team or the schoolboy kind of errors that we've kind of made. We've made a few this season. If we can cut them out of our game. And you know, Lovren and Matip can cut, you know can can have a really strong partnership throughout the season. Obviously, you know we've got Clavan and other players who can come in and play there, Lucas at times. But if them two can be the mainstay for the team at the heart of the defence, I think we've got a real chance of you know of doing really well this season. But it's important. We need that little bit of luck with injuries in, in them key positions. And um, I think the more them two play together, the better things will look for Liverpool because I think as a, as a pairing, the centre half pairing. You need time, you know, wherever it is on the pitch. But I think centre half for me is the one. Well, the positions where you need to play together a lot longer to develop that partnership. Well, they certainly seem to be doing that at the moment. You mentioned about injuries. We created good opportunities against Southampton and did enough certainly to put the ball in the back of the net. How much did we miss Lallana? Do you think on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think he's been instrumental. I think he's just his energy that he brings to the team and the form he's in as well. He's absolutely on top of his game, uh, club and country, and I think he's. He's a huge loss, but you know he's a, he's a top player, Lallana, and I just think he's he's one of those players. We're now real seeing the best the best out of him, and maybe uh, maybe it was that full pre season under you know Jurgen Klopp and really getting his um his, you know his, his his methods across to Adam um, and what he thinks he can be because he certainly looks a lot fitter this year. Um, as in when he's playing the games, he struggled a little bit with, with a couple of injuries throughout the season, but maybe that's down to you know the intensity that you know the manager brings to training and to the and to the games but it's a big loss and all, you know on, on the Southampton game looking at the chances you know another day we could have won that three or four but it's like I think he's trying to take the positives out of the game the clean sheet yes we missed the chances but you know weeks before the game you know we're scoring four fives and six goals so I think sometimes you know you have to give the strikers a bit of a break and um, I'm, I'm sure they'll come up trumps again soon. Yeah, well, hopefully Adam Lallana will be back fit and ready to go as soon as possible. Just before we touch on Sunderland at the weekend, I wanted to to get your your memories from Ronnie Moran. It was his debut 64 years ago this week. Have you got a couple of memories from Ronnie Moran from your time at Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, Ronnie was a huge influence on my career. Um, obviously, 
I, I always speak about Ronnie when I talk about my career because people talk about your development and obviously coming through the ranks with the Hugh McCauley's, Dave Sharon, Steve Highways. Then, then you get to your Phil Thompson's in my in my era, and it was Ronnie Moran after Phil, and it was it, it was just the little things that Ronnie said to you, um, just little things about your positional play or you know passing, or it was it was never anything that was too you know, too difficult to work out or to, 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 to actually to do. It was just really work on the basics of the game and doing them really well. And that, it was keeping things simple. I remember Ronnie was always keeping things simple, you know, and even sometimes saying to me, you don't have to run, just stand still and you'll get the ball. And it was just the very basic things that I think, you know, all good footballers need to have in their, in their armoury is, is, is being good at all them things. I think he, he was one that used to hammer that home to us. Um, but a fantastic coach, great guy, um, you know, and over the years, he was, he was absolutely brilliant for me. You know, when I needed a telling off, he, he certainly gave me it. And when, you know, when I needed a bit of praise or a bit of help, he, he was certainly there for me as well. Brilliant. Well, let's move on to Sunderland. A brief loan spell, when was that? Yeah, um, it was the year Liverpool actually won the uh, Coca-Cola Cup. Basically, I wasn't getting too many games, had a few injuries and... The Sunderland opportunity came about to go up there for a month's loan. Um, even though I probably could have went to Wembley with the team and to watch the game, um, probably wasn't going to play, but would have been in the squad. And uh, decided, you know, I wanted to maybe get some games, and so I decided to go to Sunderland. And um, <laughs> believe it or not, I signed after the deadline. I'm not sure whose fault that was, whether it was mine, Liverpool's, or Sunderland's. But um, and then I played in a game against Barnsley away. Um, which again we lost, but also cost the club a couple of points, I think, in disciplinary because um, because of me signing after the deadline. So it wasn't obviously the best memories in the world of going to a club, but um, I ended up staying for a for a month on loan. Reedy was the manager, and um, I just trained with the first team lads, got a bit of experience with, with a different club, and tried to use that to to my advantage. Um, but we you know being around different club and different facilities and some different coaches so I'm right in thinking that Sunderland got a points deduction because of you signing there yeah because apparently I signed after I think back in the day it was, it was a deadline and it was after midday but to be honest I was just told, told to get to Roker Park and I was there playing plenty of time and whether the paperwork was late coming through or something that's actually what happened obviously when we played the game we didn't think there was every, any problem otherwise I wouldn't have played but um it was a funny year for Sunderland that year. When I think about, I think they just missed out on relegation. So, luckily for me, <laughs> they didn't get relegated that year. Otherwise, <laughs> I would be very well liked for Sunderland. No, I think that a lot of Sunderland fans would certainly take that this season. Just missing out on relegation, they're not in a great position at the moment. But confidence will certainly be up because they've had two wins back to back after that impressive win against Hull at the weekend. Yeah, it was a fantastic win. Um, everyone's talking about you know the partnership that's falling between Victor and Chibi and. Um, and Jermaine Defoe, the big man, little man kind of partnership. Not too many of them knocking about in the Premier League, but there's certainly a handful at the moment. I think Victor over the years has, has struggled to settle, really. I had a long spell at Everton, but he's really in and out of the team. And I think maybe playing David Moyes is obviously, I don't think was his biggest fan at Everton, if I'm, if I'm right, in a few times. I think there's a few mis- misunderstandings, a few, few disagreements, but he's certainly got faith in him now. He scored some great goals. And I think when you play with someone like Defoe, he's, you know, he's always going to get goals and and create chances for the team and you know them two are certainly players that need to be watched because Victor will want to will want to do well against Liverpool that's for sure and you know Jermaine as we've already seen in past years is, is, is a real threat we'll obviously say that I remember speaking to Rio Ferdinand about him he played with him uh, um, briefly at West Ham and 
he said the guy was a real talent, real goal scorer. And to be honest, and maybe I know he was at Tottenham, but I'm really surprised myself personally that you know one of maybe the bigger clubs hasn't taken Jermaine because you know one thing that you know wins your leagues and wins your cups or wins wins you whatever is goal scorers, and I'm surprised that you know maybe another big club hasn't really come in for Jermaine over the years because he does guarantee you the goals most seasons. Dom, it's Leeds in the quarterfinals on Tuesday in the League Cup. You had a good spell there, but it's a very different club now, isn't it? Yeah, um, obviously, yeah, fantastic game on Tuesday. And, you know, obviously Leeds United have had to go through many transformations over the, the past, for, I don't know how many years, 10, 15 years um, since maybe I was playing there. But I, I think the one thing, you know, we've seen even at the weekend when they played Newcastle, all right, they might have struggled a little bit in the game, but, you know, massive support. They're going to be bringing a lot of people to Anfield. It's uh you know, it's going to be a sellout of the game. You know, a lot of my friends from the Leeds area are really looking forward to going back to Anfield, um, which hasn't been a bad ground for, uh, for, for Leeds uh, fans over the years. And you know, I remember coming back there first time as a, as a Leeds player. We got a result, and I think I think we haven't done bad. I think Alan Smith scored a winner there once as well. There's been it's not a bad hunting ground for Leeds, and I think it'll be a it'll be a, it'll be a difficult game for Liverpool, obviously, depending on what what team Jurgen Klopp wants to pick and. Yeah, one thing about it, Leeds have got nothing to lose, so they're going to go into the game, and they're probably going to, you know, Gary Monk and James Beattie and the staff are going to say, "Go in, have a go, go and enjoy it." You know, look at that new stand experience, and this is where you want to get back to. And I think, I think Leeds will use it like that. They'll use it as a, as a bit of a learning curve for a lot of players who've maybe not played in that that kind of stadium or that kind of atmosphere. Um, their fans are going to make a lot of noise. I mean, it's a game I expect Liverpool to win, but you know, like I said, Leeds are going to come here, nothing to lose, and, and certainly make a game of it. Just to finish with then, Dom, you mentioned there that they'll come and have a go. Who are their main threats? Obviously, they're playing in the Championship at the moment. Just uh, that... Obviously, it depends what team he picks. I mean, Roof, Roof does well for them. You know, he, he, he's been lively for them in the last you know three or four games I've seen. Um, obviously, Chris Wood, you know, expect Chris to score more goals. Um, maybe maybe it sounds one thing since he's come to Leeds, been thrown at him by the fans. Maybe he's not scored enough goals, but... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. He needs a certain kind of service. Um, there's, there's a few young players. You know, Calvin Phillips takes good free kicks, you know, whether he plays in midfield. And it depends what team Gary Monk plays. I mean, I expect him to play his strongest side, but um, whether he's thinking more about the league, I don't know. But I think at this stage of the cup competition, he's probably, you know, obviously maybe trying to go there and get a bit of a shock and give the Leeds fans a little bit of something to look forward to. But I think for me, if, um, you know, Chris Wood will be the one I think they look at, who, you know, he's got a little bit of experience, but 
it's the service he needs. He needs crosses into the box from the wide areas, and that's one thing they've not really delivered too many crosses in. But every time they have, he seems to get a chance or a chance comes. So I think I think maybe Leeds might go a little bit more direct into Wood, and he could be the he could be the danger man for for Leeds on Tuesday. Dom, absolutely brilliant having you on. Hopefully we can get through that quarter-final tie against Leeds on Tuesday. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, mate. Spot on. Thanks, guys. The final word on the Five Times podcast. I'm delighted to say and, and a huge welcome to former Red and FA Cup winner back in 1992. A debut on the Five Times podcast. A big, huge welcome to Dean Saunders. Dino. Hi, Neil. You OK? Very good, thanks. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Just a, a start then. How would you reflect on your time at Liverpool? Oh, well, I think pride, really, that I played for the club. I think all around the world, um, if I go anywhere, anywhere, people remember me playing for Liverpool, although I was at the, I was at other clubs longer. Mm. But uh, people remember me playing for Liverpool. And I, and I you know, all, all around the world, I think... Liverpool is probably the biggest club I played for. I played for some big clubs, but um, I think Liverpool's the most famous club, really, that I played for. And uh, I'm proud to say I played. My dad played for the club for 12 years, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm I'm pleased I was able to do. And what were some of those memories for you? Standout memories from your time at Liverpool? Um, well, playing in front of the the home fans was brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, winning the FA Cup, which is which is the first thing I ever won in my career and the best thing I ever won, after, even after everything after that. Mm-hmm. Nothing compared to um, playing at Wembley against Sunderland that day. And I always watched the FA Cup on the TV when I was a kid. And to actually be playing in it, I, was, I couldn't believe it. And then when we won and I got a winner's medal, um, I just, it's just, you know, you dream of it as a kid. And... Um, I only played in one FA Cup final and we won, so I'm pleased with that. Good success rate. I mean, you mentioned in there about how enjoyable your time was at Liverpool. It must have been disappointing to have eventually left the club so soon. Yeah, I think Graham took over and he was, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself, God, imagine playing for them. You know, I got a free transfer at Swansea not so long ago and I remember thinking I was playing with Grobelat they just rolled off the tongue. Mark mm. Wright, mm. Rob Jones, Peter Beardsley, Ian Rush, John Barnes, McMahon, Ronnie Whelan, you know, Steve Staunton. It was just endless, the, the amount of stars playing for the team. And um, I was thinking, imagine playing for them. And I played with Rushy all my career with Wales. Mm-hmm. So I knew him. And um, yeah, I, was, I, I think Graham was trying to when I, when I got there, he was trying to change the team. And try, he, he realised some of the players were getting a bit old and he thought he had to try and change a bit like Alex Ferguson does you know change the the momentum of the of the club mm-hmm. and if you asked him now he probably he probably say he tried to change things too quick but we did get I don't know if you can remember we did get a load of Achilles injuries to about eight or nine of the first team who were missing mm-hmm. as well as the players he let go on top of that we had a lot of Achilles injuries we couldn't get to the bottom of, of, of what was causing it and it was like John Barnes was out for the season. Glenn Hussein, Jan Mulby, you know, the key players that were missing. Um, and then Graham come to me and said that Ron Atkinson had put an offer in for me and um, he didn't... I was the, the player that he could get most money for at the time. 
Um, he never left me out. and never, you know, he never actually said, right, you've got to go. But I, I, once I, he, he showed an inclination, he was prepared to let me go. Then I thought my days were numbered. So I played for the manager when I was playing football. If the manager was happy with me, I was happy myself. And I, when I, I was so disappointed that he, sh- he showed an inclination that he was prepared to let me go. Mm. So I, I, in the end, I went. But with good memories from your time at Liverpool, what one manager, well, one person, he wasn't, wasn't a manager, of course, Ronnie Moran was there a number of years. It's 64 years, can you believe, this week that he made his debut for the club. You know, he was a huge influence on many players throughout their time at Liverpool. Can you remember a few of your memories with Ronnie Moran? Oh, yeah, yeah, d- definitely. I mean, I've seen him the other day at um, Gary Speed's golf day. He turned up with his son, um, so I was pleased to see him there. I hadn't seen him for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, he hammered me. <laughs> he used to hammer everyone, but, but, but he absolutely hammered me from uh, every day. Um, all he used to shout was, move, move. You might, <laughs> admiring you pass, admiring you pass again, move. I was going, where? He's just, just move into a space and somebody else will come into that space. And at the time, you know, you, it's so simple what he used to say, but he was right, you know, and it was all about rotation. rotation. Now, now they call it rotation. But then you had to just pass the ball and run forward. And somebody else would come and get the ball into that space because we had a load of clever players playing for us. Um, and... You know, I remember we won the FA Cup. We were in the bath after the game, opening bottles of champagne, spraying it everywhere. And I can't remember who sprayed the champagne out all over him <laughs> when he walked in the shower. And uh, he just shook his head and he went, hey, get your mind on July the 6th. We've done nothing yet. And that was pre-season. He was on about pre-season next year. And that was like typical of Ronnie. He was like, you know, there's better plays. He always made you feel like there was better players than you being here. And we've had better teams than this. And we've had loads of success. So you do what you're told and do what we're telling you to do and don't get carried away with winning the FA Cup. So what? I actually walked away thinking, well, thinking about it, you know, he's been there when they've won the European Cup so many times, Mm. the League Championship so many times. The FA Cup's just like another one. So, um, yeah, he was was the driving force behind the, the basics at the club doing the basics and doing the simple things and playing for the team. Mm. He was the driving force behind it for, for 50 years. Incredible. But obviously it was a special day as well for himself with Sunes being ill. He got to lead yourselves out for that famous FA Cup victory. That must have been a real proud moment for him. Could, could you sense that in the dressing room before? Yeah, I was, I was just hoping I was going to get picked, to be honest, <laughs> because... Um, you know, he used to hammer me every day, but he did. He picked me, and um, Graham turned up on the day. But Ronnie was, yeah, he he led a team out and with Graham, and um, I think he took everything in his stride. He, he used to, uh, sometimes we used to think he used to enjoy us losing, <laughs> so he could have a go at us. So he could just, you know, they, they did. You know, in pre-season, we, we I think we went away and we used to play. They'd let us go out for a drink, and then play the hardest team the next you know in the next couple of days so that we lost so they could say everything they wanted to say get it all out in the open you know you think you're better than you are you think you're better than you are look at that we've been turned over by a Swedish team how come like so that I think they used to like organise the fixture list around a night out on purpose Brilliant. Well, let, let's move on to uh, to the current first team at Liverpool at the moment how impressed have you been with the way things have gone so far? 
I'm really impressed. It's, well, I think everyone likes the manager. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's showed his hand. If you don't work, you're out. Um, I, I actually, I've actually said a few times that Daniel Sturridge and Aguero are the two most talented strikers in the league for me. Uh, but Daniel Sturridge can't get in Liverpool's team basically basically because of the formula that Klopp has. He has a formula which revolves around getting the ball back and pressing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not good at that, I don't think he cares how good you are. Um, and Firmino, at the moment, is probably better than that than Daniel Sturridge. And he'd, he'd probably admit that. But what I've said is that, you know, Daniel Sturridge is not old by any means. Let's see if one day he's saying, well, once Jurgen Klopp took over at Liverpool... I eventually got to grips of what he wanted and it's made me a miles better player than I am. I think that's why, the way he's got to look at it. Because mm-hmm. um, I played with Ian Rush and I had to press because he pressed. I had to run around and close people down because he done it. And that spreads right through then, through the team, the midfield players behind you. When, you, when you're running and pressing and trying to get the ball back, they feel obliged behind you to do it. And if one of you lets the opposition out everybody points a finger at you and I think it comes from effort from the players which he demands and organisation from the manager and he'll say to them in this situation don't press in this situation press and we'll go through it in training and if we don't do it on Saturdays you're not playing and obviously we've got I say we Liverpool there's good players at the club Mm -hmm. so good players working hard is is the formula for success? That's what football is. Good players working hard. If you get a, if you get a group of good players that are not working hard, you have that group that Mark Hughes had at Man City, mm. where it was like a fractured dressing room. But good, so that's no good. You need, you need good players working hard, and normally the teams that win the league have got that. You mentioned in there about Daniel Sturridge, you rate him very, very highly. Do you think he still can play a big part this season for Liverpool at some stage? Yeah, but he has to. He has to. Well, he's probably for me. He has to go in and ask the manager why am I not playing, which he probably has done. And the conversation will go something like this: Well, you know, at the moment we're playing well. Our front three are scoring. Um. Firmino at the moment's on fire and he's really good at getting the ball back. Yeah. He's really good at getting in behind teams and he's really good at closing down and I can't leave him out. So that's what I want you to do. So Daniel has to walk out the room and try and do what the manager's asked him to do. Mm-hmm. And if he does it, if he does it and he still gets left out, then he then it's probably time for him to think, well, this is not going to happen for me for much longer because I'm too good to be sat on the bench. Um, but that if if he doesn't do it, then he knows why. So for me, Daniel has to try and do it because that's what you need if you want to be a top 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 player. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to you've got to be able to do that as well. Interesting that Suarez you said- done it. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying that. I hope he has gone in there and spoken to Jurgen Klopp. I think it would certainly help him with that communication. I think it's all too easy for modern day players to get their agent or, or somebody else to perhaps make that contact and, and then it becomes a little bit more diluted to actually getting that communication face-to-face and, and working it out. But I wanted to ask you, because I heard you the other day on radio talking about a centre-half partnership in the Premier League. You were saying one of them was on FM, the other one was on AM. <laughs> We've been made up at the moment with yeah. Mat- Matip and Lovren. Are they both on FM, do you think, together? Um, well, I just, I just think it doesn't matter. They're both doing all right. And um, it takes time to gel as a partnership because, like I said, you know, you look at Swansea. I was talking about Swansea centre back since Ashley Williams left. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them's one of them's going towards the ball when teams are coming at him, and the other one's dropped off. So once once you drop off, the other three defenders have to take their line off you. Mm-hmm. So you, there's not like Ashley Williams used to lead that line for Swansea. So he's a big blow losing him. Just that just that organisation thing. With Liverpool, I think um, the reason the, the the front players are all scoring and the midfield players is because they they steal the ball off you on the press in your half the pitch. So when they win the ball off you, there's five or six of them there that you can pass the ball to. So they're all getting in on the act and they're all getting chances. Mm-hmm. But if you can break that press against Liverpool, if you break that press and you play through it, you're straight at their back four. And that's why they've been conceding a few goals, because the press, like for example, well, you played for a long time, Neil. There were certain teams you don't press. I mean, I played for Wales against Brazil, and the manager just said, "Don't whatever you do, don't press them. They're too good. They'll just play through us. So let them have it. Drop back into our half so that we can pack, and they can't play through us. And don't commit yourself on your own because they'll just pass round it." So Liverpool now have got to get to the stage where they're playing against the top teams. Sometimes they can't press against the top teams. They'll have to wait and protect the defence a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two centre-backs are having to deal with the... Sometimes they're having to deal with teams who have broken Liverpool's press and are coming at them, you know, on a counter-attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a bit of time. I mean, that's why they're scoring loads of goals, but they're going to concede a few playing like that. Um, and you can't have it always, you know. You can't have it, like, but but against the top teams, sometimes that press don't work. Sometimes well, it's been entertaining. You have, to, you have to think of a different way. It's been entertaining. Sorry, it's been entertaining. It's been enjoyable. It, yeah, well, I, I I think. Are you talking about Liverpool? Yeah, or me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you about um, your lad. Obviously, you scored plenty of goals, and he's coming through, breaking yeah. into the professional game. Does he know where the back of the net is as well? Um, yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, he scores goals. I mean, he got thirty-five for the youth team when he was in the youth team, and then he's obviously a crew. They do give you a chance to play, so that's why he's he stayed there and he signed a three-year contract. So. Um, he runs in behind and he scores goals. Um, he's got um, he's got to work at lots of things in his game. Six foot six foot one. He's a bit same shape as he'd be the same shape as Van Persie. That type of shape. He's different shape to me. I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened there. <laughs> but um, he's and he's all left foot. But um, I just talked to him about his attitude really, because it's your attitude that makes you a professional footballer for any length of time. It's, if you want to play till he's thirty five. You have to have a good attitude, really, because that's that's what carries you through 
all the rough times and it and it and it you can't play well every week but you can you can do the basics most week which supporters expect you to try number one mm-hmm. if we're going to pay you wages number one try and run about and and at least if you're not playing well yourself stop the opposition playing um and then he's got to score goals if he's going to be a striker they get they get paid a lot of money mm-hmm. for scoring goals so if you don't score, go and play in midfield. Try that. <laughs> they don't get paid as much. They don't get paid as much in midfield. So he's got to score for crew, and then he's got to jump the next hurdle and try and score at the next level. And then a bit like Jamie is doing now. You know, he's got he's got to find the next hurdle now, Vardy. Uh, now people know him. He's mm-hmm. trying to find the next hurdle. I'm playing for England. That's another level. Well, it's good to hear that he's inherited so that's what that. My boys got to do. Well, it's good to hear he's inherited that goal-scoring instinct, and we'll certainly be keeping an eye out for him. Just to finish with your replacement at Liverpool, Torben Picknick. So Graham Sooner swapped you for him. Why did you forgive Sooner and follow him everywhere you went in his career? Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you what was funny. You might not laugh at this. Stan Boardman came in the dressing room at Villa um, after we played Liverpool and. He tells jokes, Stan, obviously. Mm, and he yeah. said, he came in the dressing room, he's telling some jokes. And he said, uh, Graeme Souness said to Tobin Picnic, why didn't you just clear that ball at Anfield when Dean Saunders nicked the ball off you? He said, I was hampered. Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Picnic. He I said, I was hampered, gaffer. We get it. I thought they made it. That was a one of Stan Bort- No, is that, no that's the, he, he just came in and told a joke. Like that, Stan. That's, that's what I remember about Tobin Picnic. But. <laughs> Graham had to buy a defender. He had to get a defender in, and that's the reason he gave me for letting me go. But um, it didn't work out for him, did it? No. I mean, he's come from he's come from the league, which is a lot easier than the league you're playing in. I mean, the centre backs these days in the Championship, for example, you play in the Championship and you go up to the Premier League. One week you're against Suarez, Aguero. You know, all these world mm. star players, the best strikers. I know Suarez has gone, but. There's one every week at every club. Like, how am I going to stop him? How am I going to stop him? And if you make a mistake, they normally score. So I, I don't think he was up to the level um, that Liverpool require. But Graham just asked me, said I've made a mistake letting you go. I should never let you go. Would I go to Galatasaray from Villa with him? And I went over and had a look and I ended up signing. That's a long story, but I ended up <laughs> signing for Galatasaray. And then he and then he took me to Benfica, signed me at Benfica, um, and then uh, I went on a coaching staff with him at Blackburn, and then Newcastle. We were together. I was with him for like five or six years, I think, as coach. So I'd done my apprenticeship off Graham, and I have to say, uh, he's a great man and um, a great manager, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and he's most of my career was. I thank him for, for, for what he done for me really. Well, and that's nice. If one thing if one thing rubs off on you about Graeme Souness, it's his will to win and how much he wanted to win every game and he'd do anything to win. Um, and that was he wore his heart on his sleeve and every player knew he wanted to win more than them in every game. That, that, I mean, so, it's nice to hear what, you say those sort of things because obviously having sold you from Liverpool you still felt as though you, you had a good connection and a good relationship to follow him on and, and be together for a number of years at various different clubs yeah well I, I just think he needed the money 
from what I could gather, and he didn't. I don't think he thought myself and Rushy was playing as well as 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 he thought we would. And I I was like, he could have got two two and a half million for me, something like that. So he done it. But he, I thought that if the man's like a, coming in a mistake, and he's a man that he was in the first place. So I thanked him again. No, some absolutely brilliant stuff. Funny stuff, maybe not the picnic joke, but I think there was plenty of funny bits in there. We it's appreciate not, your time. Hey, Neil, it's not my joke. It was Stan, Mor- Stan Mormon. <laughs> so blame him. <laughs> we, we preferred yours. All the best. Cheers for that, Dean. All right, cheers. Bye. Brilliant. This is the Five Times Podcast, hosted by Neil Mellor. That's it for this week. My thanks to guests Gary McAllister, Dominic Matteo and of course Dean Saunders who was as entertaining as ever. Looking forward to this game against Sunderland this weekend after that draw at Southampton. Let's hope we can get back to the winning ways, get back to being clinical as well in front of goal, putting the ball in the back of the net, get the three points this weekend. Massive thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way that way, it's there for you waiting every Thursday to preview the weekend. Keep spreading the word and I'll speak to you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.